Welcome to the Dusty Jobs Podcast from Imperial Systems. Industry knowledge to make your job easier and safer. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Dusty Jobs Podcast. Uh, today we got Paul Carucci with us from PA Robotics. How are you doing today, Paul? <laughs> We're doing good. Thanks That's for having good. me. That's good. Yeah. So uh, thanks for coming in. Um, and uh, we're just going to be talking a little bit today about robotics and automation, and uh, a little bit your your company's been your, your company's been in existence for how long now? How seven long? years. Seven years, but you've been in the industry for uh, over fourteen. Now. Over fourteen years, so you have a little bit of knowledge in this and experience. Yeah, a little bit there. I wouldn't call myself an expert by any means, but, we're <laughs> but hey, you know more than I do. I know that much. So. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in today and uh, helping us just understand a little bit more about uh, the robotic industry <laughs> and uh, kind of what's going on in there, maybe where it came from, where it's going. And uh, so we were talking a little bit before this about, uh, man, you, the first one you did was 14 years ago, huh? Yeah. So, and that, that was, where, where did that start out at? I went up to New York. It was a, ro- or a mower manufacturer. A so. mower manufacturer. And it's still in production today. Nice. That's it's, a... Pretty neat. It's yeah. <laughs> neat seeing the old machines that you, you know, when you have your first one that's still out there. You know, I wasn't my company at that point, but it was still neat. That was the first one I had built, first one I had installed, yeah. programmed, trained, you know, taught the guys, and the original guy's still there. So the same guy still same running. Same guy it. still, he's over the department, but he's still there and plays with it every day. So. I'm sure that has a little bit of the reason why it's still going too. You yeah. Know, if you get somebody sure. in there for a while and they, they take care of it. So. Yeah. But um, so so move us forward from there. So that was your first robot, and then you were you were working with a company, mm-hmm. and you did that for until uh, twenty thirteen. They closed their doors. Uh huh. They didn't think they could. They weren't doing what they wanted to in the industry. They were expecting it to grow exponentially faster than they were, and they just decided to get out. And I wasn't ready. You I, weren't ready. <laughs> I liked what I was doing, so it was a it was a trying time. It was a decision to make. You know, uh-huh. to jump two feet into it, but. My wife was behind me, and oh, that's always helpful. It, it's very helpful. So we jumped into it, and it took about a year to get going. You know, to get people to realize that you can do what you used to do, yeah, without all the infrastructure behind you. Right, right. But my biggest customer today was they bought the first machine off of me, um, and when they come in the it come in on their floor, they were he took me to the side. He said. Just wanted to let you know. He said, I'm, I'm impressed. He said, I, you know, when you're on your own, he said, it's a little bit different than what you had before. He said, so, uh, but I actually like this way better than what you guys had before. So uh-huh. it was a, it was a super booster for me to get going. Well, I, I'd imagine too, whenever you're, you're all on your own and you're able to make the calls, you can kind of do it the way you want to do it. Everything I wanted to change that they wouldn't allow me to change got go. changed right now. There you go. There you go. You got a little more, um, Maneuverability, a little yes. flexibility, more flexibility yeah. on your. You got to listen to the customer. The customer drives everything. If you're not willing to listen to what they didn't like about your system, yeah, you might as well not be continuing because eventually you're going to go out the door. That's right. That's <laughs> customers how customers motivate and drive a lot of That's things. That's right. They, they pay your paychecks, right? They do. So, so when we're talking about customers, so when we start to think about a robotic system. When you're looking at that, I mean, we might have some people out there listening now that are, are starting to think about getting a system. How do you help walk a customer through qualifying whether they need a system, whether they don't? What What are the things you look for whenever you go into a company and, and maybe they give you a call? Hey, Paul, can you come on down here and look at this? I think we need a system. Yeah. What 
what are some questions you'd fire out there for someone who's looking at a system? What what makes sense? What doesn't make sense? Stuff like that. Well, we look at production volumes. You know, are you making big batch runs, small batch runs of parts? Mm-hmm. Um, what's your you know? Do you make fifty fifty this part of a year? Do you make a hundred parts a year? Um, are you a lean manufacturer and you do small batch runs, but all year long? Do you do big long batch runs? How right. big are your parts? You know, how much welding time are we looking at per part? You know, we want to make sure the return on investment covers everything and not, we're not missing anything. Okay, okay. So I, I get you. Okay, so let's let's pretend I'm a customer right now, okay, and I'm looking at you, and I think that I'm making a lot of parts. Yeah. What would you define a lot of parts as when you're saying a big batch run as a small batch run? Do you have enough parts to keep a machine busy for 40 hours a week? 40 hours you a week. Know, if you're so not keeping it busy 40 hours a week, it's tough to make that jump because if you're going to run at 20 hours your ROI is twice as long yeah you know that's certainly you know companies do single shift versus three shift too so but you definitely got to keep it busy so if a man's doing the job or you got um, three to five people doing something yeah you know a robot's going to do three to five times what a single person will do ah so if you take your just your basic welder and he's putting out parts the robot's going to do it you know three to five times as many Three to five times. That's yeah. your. That's your kind of. Yes, because now you got where a single man loads his um, loads everything up and welds the parts into a fixture and pulls it out. Right. So now you got one person loading the fixture while the robot's running. He's loading the other fixture. Right. So, so I'll play a little devil's advocate here. Right. So what? Why? If I still got a guy standing there, why do I want the robot? Why wouldn't I just have that guy doing the welding? Because you don't necessarily need your uh, welder level ready guy ah, to run the machine. Gotcha. So um, you have a programmer for the robot. So okay. you're creating a higher level job at some, you know, always creating a higher level job anytime you bring a robot in. Somebody has to program it and make sure it's doing what it's supposed to do. And you can have a more of an operator level guy run the machine. Oh, okay. So, so, so you keep your welder for welding. Yeah, I got you. On those custom jobs, those one-off pieces. Yes. And then you can let this thing run and do the mundane tasks yes. that maybe sometimes guys get a little bored doing. Mm-hmm. Their work might not be as accurate because it's not engaging enough. Yeah. Things like that. That's yeah. what you're saying. So. Yeah, a normal welder will get bored if he does the same thing all day, every day. I can imagine. Now, not everybody. There's people that love that work. Right. They're, they're far and few between compared to the person that wants to do the harder level stuff. Yeah. So if you're just running the same line all day long yeah. for for eight to ten hour shift, <laughs> I can imagine that would be... Yeah. Start I, I wouldn't like that job. Getting hard to pay attention <laughs> to running that same line, right? So uh, so what's the, what's the industries you see the most kind of uh, commonplace when you are going into it or, or um, we got some people out there maybe thinking, well, it, would this work in my industry? What's, I mean, what's, what's some go-tos and some, something you just always would say no to? Um, I mean, anytime, you know, we do a lot of welding applications, so there's not really, you can use a robot for just about any task you want. We focus more in the welding arena. Um, how do we, Production's a big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have the industry doesn't matter necessarily. If you got parts that need welded together, you know, you can look at robots. You know, do you have productions to justify the robot? That's right. one of the bigger things. Um, I don't know what industry wouldn't. If you got application where you got repeatable work, uh-huh. you know, you don't want the robot for something that's inconsistent. So it, it does the same thing every day. I got you. So when you're looking at qualifying whether you want a robot or not. 
Yeah. If I'm hearing you right, the thing is, do you have enough volume? Mm-hmm. Do you have enough hours for it? Do you have a repeatable job? And do you have uh, kind of the the, the uh, facility for it, I guess, is the yeah. way to say it. Uh, that would probably be the three qualifying factors, right? Yeah. And do you plan to grow? Because, you know, the re- biggest reason people bring robots in, too, is production cost. If you can ramp your production up with the same amount of manpower, everybody thinks, oh, we're replacing jobs. It's not. Gotcha. What you're doing is you're creating more throughput through the facility. Uh-huh. Now it takes more people to keep the back end and both ends beginning before it, you know, you're creating more parts to bring in and right. you put more parts out. You know, there's it, it grows a company. I've never seen a company lose manpower because they brought a robot in. They always grew. Right. Well and I think about our own facility here. You know, we kinda of, we got our guys who are welding mm-hmm. and then we have our guys who are putting building things, putting them together, they're assembly team. So I would imagine if we're able to kind of get a couple things through the weld section faster, that means you need more guys in the mm-hmm. production to build it faster and it kind of just speeds everything up. And yeah. I would imagine it kind of helps with the accuracy of things too. That's would yeah. imagine that's a, that's a big draw to it also, right? Yeah. You got to have good parts in to get good parts out though. Yeah. That's a, a lot of people think they can just throw it at a robot and it's going to be magic and come out great. If you give it junk, you can't expect miracles. Now, robots, <laughs> you know, with touch sensing, we can cover a few variables. You know, seam tracking, different things. And when you say touch sensing, what's that mean? So, I'm, I'm, I'm a rookie to this, okay. so I'm learning. <laughs> so, touch sensing. So, say you have a part that's fairly close, but it may vary an eighth inch. Okay. So, your weld seam is going to be off an eighth inch. That's way outside of tolerable levels yeah. of movement. So, what you can do is physically touch the part, find out where it's at, and relocate your weld equipment. The robot's doing that. Yeah. It's touching it. It, it, it can read where it's the weld... in the offset. Nice. So Well, that's very helpful. Yes. I'd imagine. Seam tracking, you got to have a good start point for seam tracking. It can actually, during a fillet weld, you can actually track a seam if the seam is moving during the weld process. Really? Yeah. But you got to have a good start point for seam tracking. So, so as long as you got a good point to start on, yeah, it can figure it out from there. Yes. Huh. Well, I mean, it you, it's programmed, right? But if it varies slightly during the weld process, it'll it'll track and follow it. Nice. So. Well, that's I, I didn't know it could do any of that stuff. That's <laughs> that's great. There's a lot of little things out there. So um, I'm trying. To, what's the what's the most difficult application you've had to deal with when you've been into this? So have you ever had one that's just been a a line where you're like, man, this has been a challenge, but it really worked out well in the end. Uh, <laughs> I stumped you. I didn't yeah, even stump I, you, but that's like when you get big odd parts. You know, uh-huh. person absolutely must automate their big stuff. That that's the biggest challenges, but it it's also the biggest reward at the end of it. You I know, gotcha. when you get a, something that has a lot of variables, uh-huh. and you go through and work out all the bugs. You know, tooling is a big part of robots. Okay, you know, good tooling allows you to handle a lot of things. Yeah, um, but you got to know where your zero base points are. Um, what a fixed versus the variable end of a part. So the bigger the part, there's more places where you got to start, more places where you got to end, more angles to account for, more variables, more variables, and that's just that starts to become the challenge when yes. you're getting the big stuff. Yeah, but man, little stuff that just slips Knock into it out of the park. just zip, zip, <laughs> zip, 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 zip. Yeah, put it right through there. So. Well, you know, what we do a lot in welding here too, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, we've we've come up with some stuff. We're trying to help out with the robotics injury, and that's how we kind of developed our relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that's that's where we're at. We're that future of our company is trying to move that way and, and help out with robotics. Where do you see the future of robotics going? Where do you think you might see more of it coming in? Uh, it's only going to grow. I mean, it's it's harder and harder to find people to fill the welding positions. You know, I think in the United States we're going to be bringing a whole lot more back. You know, with the COVID, everything that happened kind of pulled yeah. things back. You know, getting parts and stuff from overseas was tough. So I think our you're going to see a lot of things grow within the U.S. And I guess I lost track of where we were. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> but that, I get what you're saying. We're we're we were already kind of a little bit in a trade slump yeah. at that point. Where you know a lot of unfortunately for years, a lot of people were trying to. Um, they, they didn't look at welding or those types of jobs as an, an actual uh, viable option. Mm-hmm. They might have been our culture and society pushed them away from that. But um, so we got a little bit of a, a gap yeah. in that. And um, and we're going to probably have to find a way to fill that mm-hmm. quicker because of the COVID and because of other things, people bringing things back to America. And yeah. if you're not a certified, qualified welder, well, Maybe you could still run, help run the robot. Is what I'm hearing you say, right? Absolutely. We, yes. we could still start bringing American jobs in, getting mm-hmm. people employed, especially in a time like this where, you know, there's a lot of people shifting jobs and, and looking for new employment opportunities. Yeah. That you know, learning how to run a robot or, or supervise a robot mm-hmm. might be a better option than learning how to weld. It's a definite. I mean, obviously, my best team for uh, so when I sell a brand new system, yeah, I re- recommend from the the company. I need two guys or two people. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer a welder and I prefer an engineer level guy, a guy that's really good, a person that's got a good head in their shoulders for the computer side of the. Gotcha. You know. um, those seem to make the best team, you uh-huh. know, because the computer level guy might have you know CAD background whatever for fixture and tooling but the mm-hmm. welder guy you, you can't get away from working with welders without a welder yeah you know for that for the industry that I focus in right um, so that's been my best team going forward is those two people right and right. they need to work well together but yeah. that's outside of that you don't need the like, person running a machine doesn't need that so you got two people on your team that understand those two traits yes kind of you kind of need a computer person you need someone who actually knows what a good weld's supposed to look yeah. like. Good weld's supposed to be like. If you got those two helping out, um, you can put someone on one of these machines, and it could be you know, heck. I, maybe I could even run one. I don't know. It might be <laughs> anybody just, can learn to and, run. Well, it for if sure. anybody can do it, then I could probably do it. That's that's uh, that's encouraging. If this doesn't work out for me, <laughs> maybe yeah. I could go run it. Maybe you could hook me up with a robot job somewhere. I don't think we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you're against you. You're I, I don't think you're ever going to go no. down. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, when well, that's interesting. Have you seen more people um, because of the, the COVID, because of that kind of mentality of, um, of you know, well, a robot doesn't get sick, but you still need people to run it. So You, you do. Yeah, so it's still, it's not an independent thing. It no. still requires. They don't get sick, but you still got to have inbound and outbound parts right. available. So it's. Yeah. That's a definite need, but right. there's a whole lot more goes into a robot. That's why I said, you know, when people think they're taking jobs, they don't. Yeah. They increase jobs generally. It's No, there's automation out there that does take jobs away, but a robot is... Not it, a, it takes a certain job away, the actual welding aspect of it, but it creates more jobs on both ends of it. Huh? So it yeah. never goes away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're if you're thinking about buying a robot out there and thinking, man, I can get rid of a couple people, that's not going to be the it's case. Not not generally. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So, um, so that's that's one aspect that we're seeing more things go towards automation. Do you see anything else? Any big innovations coming out? Anything that you think, man, this could really be a change point? Um, in I've been watching into the the plasma welding industry. Uh-huh. You know, that's something that's new and coming up. It's not super new, but it's definitely developing. Um, it's similar to a TIG application. Yeah. Um, which you don't generally see a lot in the auto in the robotics industry and TIG. Um, they're out there and right. they're getting more prevalent. It's the cl- process is clean. Plasma is cleaner. Yeah. Or as cleaner to cleaner and it's a little bit faster and can do a little bit different things with it. So it's helping create a little bit of a cleaner environment, a little yeah. bit of safer parts, you know, clean up after parts. You know, TIG, TIG is one of your cleanest processes yep. and plasma has fallen into that, but you can do it fast, a little bit faster and... Oh. Um, you can do thicker parts with it. Oh, so you can pick up your production time and you can yeah. do a, a little bit of a heavier part. Yeah, getting penetration with is the big thing. So if you can gotcha. get deeper penetration on your welds in a little bit faster process, you'll never compete with MIG on speed, but the quality of weld is cleaner than MIG. Yeah, yeah. So so it's, it's got its strengths uh, where, you know, where it needs to have them. Yeah. Yep. Well, Paul, I, I don't know if there's anything else you'd want to give to out there to anybody who's listening when you're thinking about, um, you know, robotics. You know what I mean? Is, is there anything else we should consider uh, whenever you're doing that? Like, I mean, if you're, if you're considering robots, you know, don't just look at the cheapest price. You know, I get a lot of guys say, well, I can get this one cheaper. Well, but what are you getting for it? You know, at right. the end of the day, you know, the, your integrator is your key to success. Yeah. You know, we're a small integrator, but my focus in business is the customer. Gotcha. So at the end of the day, if my customer's down, I got a problem. Right. So a lot of the bigger manufacturers out there, bigger integrators, they don't focus, I don't think, nearly as well as I do on keeping the, the customer happy and pushing that end of the business, the service end of the business. And, you know, I, I a happy customer for me gets me a lot further down the road than just selling the machine. I've yeah. Nobody likes getting that phone call when someone's upset. And, yeah, and, uh, and you got to answer the right. phone. You know, we answer the phone twenty four seven. You know, that's you get me. I'm the owner of the business. You get me on the phone. <laughs> someday, I hope that I have, I can push some of that off. Yeah. But you know, when you have a dumb machine, it's it's my focus. Right. You know, if my guys can't do it, I whatever it is, we're going to take care and get you going. That's. Well, I, I, I'm, now I'm going to ask you, now you said that, I'm going to, now you gave me another question here. What are some things you kind of want to stay away from whenever you're looking at a machine? What are, what are some aspects? I'm going, obviously price is going to give you a, a higher end machine, but when you're looking at it, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I look at this and this makes a, a better robot than that robot. What, I mean, are you looking at your systems integration package your software? What's, what are the things that really help set apart uh, a top dollar machine from a bottom dollar machine, let's say? There's obviously safety, and there's safety is a big thing. Yeah. You know, are you following the current codes? Yeah. You know, are you making sure that you're preventing everything possible? Right. You know, from a person getting hurt. Yeah. You know, that's we're always looking at, you know, how can we make the machine safer? Right. You know, there's people always look for ways to defeat the safety. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're always at that challenge of how can you make it safer for long term? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's companies out there that they follow the absolute bare minimum and to keep it cheap. That's not necessarily your best bet, though. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's that's that's not good if someone's getting hurt or, or their yeah. health's at risk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's 
that's one of the things that we focus on a lot around here. You know, the health and safety of, of uh, that's our that's our uh, mission yeah. statement here. Is the and it sounds like you guys have a very similar yeah. mentality when you go into it. You want to make sure that the uh, application's right for the mm-hmm. person. You want to make sure it's a safe application, and uh, you're keeping the customer and the, the guy who's running that thing in mind. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think that's what we all we're all on that same and common goal around here that mm-hmm. we're all trying to make sure it's a healthy, safe environment for uh, for those employees yeah. and uh, for the people who are running that. Because at the end of the day. We want them all to go home to their families, and yes. we want them all to, to be safe and be able to come back and enjoy working the next day. Mm-hmm. So, but well, Paul, thanks so much. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can catch me at, on my website's best way, and that gets straight in. That's a parobotics.com. Um, pa-robotics.com. There you go. Okay. And my phone number's on there. If somebody wants to talk to me direct, my phone number's right on there. There you go. And then if you if you can't find any of that, just give us a call here at Imperial. We'll yeah. we'll turn you over to Paul. So. <laughs> Hey, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for giving us a minute. And uh, thanks again for joining us. And I hope we listen to us next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Dusty Jobs Podcast. Breathe better, work safer.